Hey family, how are you? I pray all is well in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you. That's right. That is your God and what a mighty God we serve. So family, today's devotional was really, really good. So much so that I just truly been meditating on the word for the most of the day. Nothing hidden stays hidden and I've really been just really in prayer asking the Lord to expose to me any hidden sins any hidden thought any agenda anything that is opposite of him anything that is contrary to the things of God and the things that God is calling me to because nothing hidden stays hidden we were discussing the story of David and Bathsheba and how David went through so many different levels to cover up his sin. He could have confessed, but instead of him just really humbling himself and saying, I messed up, I made a bad decision. He kept trying to cover up with one thing after another thing after another thing. Now, I'm not going to read that particular story. Many of us know it, but I would encourage you to go read 2 Samuel 11 and 12. 12, that you can be refreshed in the story but just to piggyback off of the story David went on the roof and he saw Bathsheba taking a bath he he inquired about her he asked who she was his servant told her he commanded the servant to go get her the bible says that when she came he slept with her she went home she found out she was pregnant so instead of him confessing his faults David tried to cover it up her husband, which is Uriah, he was at battle. But David sent for him to come home. And he came up with this plan that if he can get him to sleep with his wife, that he would think that the baby was his. But because Uriah was a man of integrity, he was a, a, a honorable man. He felt bad that his whole team was at battle. So he wouldn't go home and sleep with his wife. So then the Bible said that David tried to get him drunk. So that maybe he would go home and unconsciously not know that he sleep with his wife. But that didn't work either. And when that didn't work, the Bible says that David came up with a plan to send Uriah back into battle. And he sent a letter to Joab, which was the captain, and say, hey, put him in, the, put him in the hottest of battle. Put him in the front so that he can be killed. His sin mustered and mustered and mustered until he got a man killed. That's what sin does. The wages of sin is death. He was willing to take another man's life because he couldn't confess his own faults. The first time that Uriah came home, he could have easily said, hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm King David. I'm King David. And said, hey, I messed up. Um, I saw your wife. I let lust get the best of me and I made a mistake. Uriah loved David. He was at war for David. David's the king. I mean, yeah, he might have been upset. That was his wife, but it could have been resolved. He, 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 he would have been forgiven. But David couldn't humble himself. David was in denial. He couldn't confess his sin. And his sin took control of his mind, his thoughts, to the point where he took a man's life. And when you go through with the story, David thought he was done. Uriah died. And after Uriah died, he sent for Bathsheba to be his wife. David think he done got away with the greatest master plan ever. 
But see, he may have hid it from the people, but he couldn't hide it from God. So God sent the prophet Nathan to tell him a parable using an example that caused David to be furious, not knowing that he was the person that Nathan was talking about. And when Nathan said, you are the man, David cried out, I have sinned against you and you alone. Like I said, many of us know the story, but it's so much to this story that we must look at and we must examine our life because there is a price tag to sin. And the bill is the bill is 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 getting high. It's getting high. It's getting high. We're sweeping things under the rug. We're hiding in sin. We're hiding our secret, you know, our secret thoughts, our secret desires, our lust. And we don't think no one sees. We don't think no one knows, but God knows all things things and the part of this story that really really you know grips me is when David finally got to that point where you know Nathan is telling him what he did God told him because you did this in secret I am going to expose you publicly I'm going to read verse 12 2 Samuel 12 verse 12 and it says for you did this secretly but I will do this thing before all of Israel and before the sun see we think we're getting away with it we think that I can hide from the you know the ministry I don't have to really commune I don't really have to collect myself one to another that's when we do when we're in sin we really don't want to be with the body of Christ because we are convicted they we're convicted by the the rebuke we're convicted by the Holy Spirit that is in the atmosphere so we don't really want to collect ourselves one to another because to be truth be told we're not really sorry half of the time when we say sorry we just really sorry because we got caught not because we are tired of sinning not because we acknowledge that we have sinned against God not because we acknowledge that what we're doing is wrong I'm sorry I got caught I'm sorry you found out And we have to get to that point that when we acknowledge our sin, that we don't just confess it, but reject it. Proverbs 28, 13. If you hide your sin, you will not succeed. If you confess, reject them, you will receive mercy. See, we have to get to the place where we're tired. We got to get to a place where we don't no longer want to sweep it under the rug. We want to get to a place that when we are convicted by the Holy Spirit of God, that we don't just ignore the promptings, that we don't ignore the warning side, that we don't hide away from the body of Christ so we can comfortably sin, that we can comfortably go about our business, but we have to confess and then reject and say, I no longer want this. I no longer want to partake in this. I no longer want the desire. I no longer want to be living this way. That is when we find mercy. Like I said, we confess because we got caught. There's no mercy in that because your heart is not in the right place. Your heart is not postured to true repentance. That is what repentance is. When we turn away from our sin, when we at a place that we renounce it and we acknowledge that it is contrary to what God has called us to do. That is not the will of God for our lives. It's not what God has called us to do. When we get to that place and we understand, I don't want to be like this. I want to walk accordingly to the word of God. I want to be pleasing in the eyes of God. We must reject 
being a liar. We must reject being a fornicator, a masturbator, uh, a person who watched pornography. You must reject, you know, being an alcoholic. You must reject drugs and you weed and you must reject lying. And, you know, you must reject being a, a, a woman or a man that cheats and enters into adultery. You got to reject it. You got to say what you, I don't want this lifestyle. I don't want this anymore. We're, we're hiding it and we're sneaking around and hiding our phone and hiding bottles under the sand like we we go through so many levels trying to hide our sin but see just like David we too hurt people in the process because we let it get out of hand and we let sin get control of our lives we think we're getting away with it we think it's just us but the truth is it's hurting everyone involved your sin don't just hurt you. Your sin hurt every person connected to you. Your sin hurt everyone. The Bible says that God blesses generationally or he curses generationally. Every time we step out of alignment and step out of agreement with God and enter into the world and on Satan's territory, we don't just open the door to warfare and we don't open the door to tormenting spirits and witchcraft. We don't open that door just to ourselves. We are exposing our family. We're exposing our children. We're exposing everyone connected to us behind our sin. You look at yourself and you think, well, I'm doing this. I'm not hurting nobody. Yes, you are. We are connected. We are connected in one way or another. And God says, hey, since you did this, let me say, let me tell you, God told David because he did what he did. That he was going to disrupt his home. That he was going to make sure that there'd be division in his house. He hurt and killed Uriah. And did this evil in the sight of the Lord. But listen to what God said to David in verse 11. He said, thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of your own house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and I will give them to your neighbors and they will lie with your wives. What you did secretly I will do publicly. See, he killed Uriah. He did an evil against someone else, but it came back to him because God said, because you did this, it's coming back to your house. Evil will be in your house. See, it, our sin don't just hurt us. It hurts our children. It hurts our spouses. The, his wives don't have nothing to do with this, but God says, well, evil is coming to your house now. I'm taking your wives. And not only he took his wife, death came be death came upon the child that they that she conceived. Because your sin don't just hurt you. This innocent baby who don't know nothing. He's innocent in the whole situation. Yet because David sinned, God took that baby. God took that baby. God took that baby. He said, how be it? Because you did this deed, 
Thou has given great occasion to the enemy of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. Did you hear that family? What we do hurt our children. What we do hurt our spouses. What we do hurt our family. We open the door for the enemy. He said, because you did this deed, you have gave an occasion. You have gave an opportunity. You have gave a foothold to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The, the, the enemy is having a field day. Oh, you, you supposed to be a man of God. You supposed to be a woman of God. But now I have a foothold. You have given me an opportunity. And it affected his whole family. And it hit, that really hit me. And I, I had to come home and I said, Lord, is there anything in me? Is it anything in my life that I'm ignorant to or I'm unaware? Or maybe I'm sweeping it under the rug because I don't want my sin. I don't want what I do to hurt my family. I don't want to secretly, ignorantly open the door to the enemy in my family's life. So I, I, I'm conscious and I'm, I'm looking and I'm doing internal revenue and I'm searching. I said, Lord, search me, search me, search me because we all think we're special. We all think we got it going on. I didn't, I didn't make a mistake today. I didn't send the day, but there's some things going on in our heart. There's some things going on in our heart that we need exposed. Psalms 139, one through three, David said, Lord, for you have examined me and know all about me. You know when I sit down and you know when I get up. You know my thoughts afar off. We need to ask God to examine us. You know if it's something in me that shouldn't be in me, Lord. Show me, show me, show me, show me me because I, I don't want, I don't want to have unconfessed sin in my life. I don't want unconfessed sin in my life. Isaiah 59, one and two, surely the Lord's power is enough to save you. He can hear you when you ask for help. It is your evil that has separated you from your God. Your sins cause him to turn away from you. So he does not hear you. I don't want unconfessed sin in my life that God does not hear my prayers. And I open the door to the enemy into my family's life. Jesus, we need God to show us us Psalms 19, 12. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Jesus, cleanse me from these hidden faults. Jesus, Lord, show me me. Show me, show me what I think is okay. Show me what I think is a, a normal, what I think is okay. Just because society says it's okay and uh, uh, everybody says it's okay. But the Bible says there is a time when right is wrong and wrong is right. I don't want to get mixed up in that. Lord, show me the truth. I want to walk in the truth. Show me what's right in the eyes of God. Not what's right in the eyes of men. Not what's right in my community. Not what's right in society, but what is right in in the eyes of God, because there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. 
I don't want to go away that seems right. I want to go away that is right. So Father, I need you to show me what's lurking in my heart. So you can cleanse me of my hidden faults because I don't want those seeds to muster and muster. And then I have to get to a point where I'm trying to hide and cover my sin and cover my mistakes and cover my adultery and my fornication and my masturbation. And my you want to cover it up and you you want to close the door and hide your phone and do this and do that when you can just confess before God reject and renounce that sin that you will find mercy in the eyes of God. We need the mercy of God because sin brings forth torment. I don't know about you, but I remember, oh, back in the day, BC days, before I gave Christ my life, there was torment to sin. You, you think you're free and you're liberate, liberated to do what it is that you want. But there is a price that we pay. Mental torment, emotional torment, physical torment, spiritual torment. That's why the Bible says when you confess, not only you confess, you got to take it the next step further. You got to renounce. You got to reject. You got to be tired of doing what you're doing to find mercy in the eyes of God. You need mercy. You ain't got no peace. You ain't got no joy. Ain't no praise on your tongue. Sin has a price tag and it's a heavy price to pay. We're walking around heavy, walking around oppressed and depressed and weary and can't focus and can't concentrate. There is a price to pay. Sin has a price. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. It's a price to pay. And though we don't naturally die, we definitely spiritually die. We don't feel close to God. We feel disconnected from God. We're not getting that free flow of the Holy Spirit. We're not getting the ideas and the visions and we're not receiving revelation and insight. Well, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. And we need God to listen to us. Psalm 66, 18 and 19. If I harbor sin in my heart, the Lord will not listen. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. If I have harbored sin in my heart, the Lord will not listen. We don't need God turning a deaf ear to our cry. We don't need our sin separating us from God. We don't need our sin opening doors to the enemy, to our family. We don't need our sin hurting someone or even killing someone. When I read this, it really hit different because it's like, I love the word of God. It is truly the rhema word. It is truly alive. It's like one time I read it, I get one thing. The next time I read it, I get another. I never really connected that how he treated that man, God turned around and put it back in his own household. God put it back. You did evil. You, you, you messed up this man's house. 
You divided this man's house. You killed him. And now you took his wife. There's going to be division in your home. When you read stories after that, David got division in his home with his son Absalom. See, what we do come, it really has an effect. We think we're getting away with it. We think we're just sinning against people. But as a man soweth, so shall he reap. What you do to another man will come back to you. Will come back to you. You don't get away with it. You don't get to sweep it under the rug and act like it didn't happen. What we do to people comes back on us. So we must repent so we can find mercy. That we can find mercy in the eyes of God. Don't let it get to the point where your sin causes death. Spiritual death. Mental death. Emotional death. We're hurting the people we say that we love. We got them mentally out of whack. We got them emotionally out of whack. They're on a, a mental and emotional roller coaster. We got some of our friends and family sick to their stomach because of what you're doing or lack thereof. The Bible says if you know what you should do and don't do it, that's sin. So to know the right thing to do and don't do the right thing. We're hurting. We're hurting our loved ones. We're hurting the very people we say we love to to have moments of pleasure. To have moments, seconds. It's temporary. The pleasures of this world is temporary. It doesn't last long, but the bill, (laughs) the bill is high and the bill is due. And we got to repent and we got to cry out to God and say, show me me. What's hidden? What's in my heart hidden? What am I doing that I think I'm getting away with? And I think nobody knows and I think nobody sees. But all I'm really doing is I'm, I'm putting up a tab that is going to affect generations on top of generations. Every time, like I said, every time I read this story, I see something that I've never seen before. The very thing David did to him came upon his own household. They had nothing to do with it. But because David wanted to enter into sin, because David gave the enemy an opportunity, it caused harm to his family. It caused division in his family. So family, I pray that this day that the spirit of God is ministering to you and speaking to your heart that you have no sin unconfessed in your life and that you don't just say sorry because you was exposed or you got found out or someone caught you but you are at a place in your life that you are ready to renounce that sin that you are you're ready to get away from it that you're ready to get back right with God that you acknowledge that is sin, that you acknowledge that is contrary to the things of God, that is contrary to your purpose and to the will that God has for you. Like, I can't do this and expect intimacy with God. I can't do this and expect to hear from the Holy Ghost. I can't do this and expect wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I can't do this and expect doors that no man can shut to be open. I can't do this and expect my family to be, you know, 
okay and healthy. I can't do this. I can't continuously. Don't just think about you. Think about everyone connected to you because what we do and what we don't do don't just affect us. And I, this is what I saw this time. I read this story because I have read this story many times. We all know the story of David and Bathsheba. But God in his sovereignty, oh, in his, oh, he's so wise. He knows what we need when we need it. In this time, this go around, I saw how his mistakes really opened the door for a generational curse. Jesus and this is the word of God because you have done this evil will be upon your household and what you did in secret I will expose you in public do not let God expose you allow the Holy Spirit to show you what's lurking in your heart and be cleansed from your hidden faults and find mercy in the sight of God before he expose you because when God expose you it's a different kind of exposure and it changes everything it changes everything if my people who call by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear. Back to that, when we confess, he will hear. Then he will forgive. And after forgiving, he will heal. There's some relationships that can be restored, but we won't repent. We won't forgive. We won't admit our fault. We won't humble ourselves before God. God want to restore bodies and he wants to bring people to complete healing. But he, he can't because you want to harbor unforgiveness. You don't want to let go of what somebody said or what somebody did. Family, we got to forgive. People are going to hurt you. People are going to let you down. People are going to make mistakes. But the question is, what are you going to do about it? Because it's not what they do. It's about what you do, how you respond, how you act. Are you going to let the mistake of someone else stop the connection between you and God? Are you going to let what somebody said stop? The flow of the Holy Spirit. I pray it is no. There's so much that God wants to do, but we must admit our faults. We must admit our shortcomings. We must confess what is hidden under the rug, what is swept under the rug, what we're turning a blind eye to. Because we don't want to deal with it and hoping that it just finds its way to fix itself on its own. But it doesn't just fix itself. Whatever you leave untouched, it only gets worse. If you don't try to clean it up now, it's only going to get worse. And I know this has nothing to do with sin, but you ever had a sink full of dishes and because it's so much, you don't even want to deal with it. Like now, nah, wait till tomorrow. But by tomorrow, you done ate breakfast and someone else done ate breakfast. You got more dishes on top of more. And it's going to get to the point. It gets to the point where you like, Ugh. 
It's overwhelming. That's sin on top of sin on top of... We got to clean... You see that dish? You, I got to clean this. I got to fix this. Let me replen- let me wa- Let me get cleansed. Let me get washed. We need to get washed. We need to get cleansed. We need to go before God and say, Lord, show me what's lurking. Show me the hidden sins. Show me the desires that is keeping me back. Show me what's lurking because what's lurking, if it's not checked, it will come and it will be exposed. We think it's not a big deal. We think it's okay to movies we watch. Oh, it's okay for me to watch pornography. It's okay for me to do this. It's not okay. What's lurking in our heart, it it musters and it musters. And before you know it, you have a problem. Everyone who says, oh, I'm not, I could could stop drinking. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And before you know it, they're they're alcoholic. You cannot control it. Because you should have controlled it in the beginning. But now you let it get out of hand. Every person who is addicted have once said, I'm good. I got this. I got this under control. Sin is the one in control. You can never be in control when you're in sin. Sin rules you. Sin has the authority until you know your true place in Christ Jesus and use your authority to conquer that sin. So we can't just let it sit there and muster and muster and think that it's okay. And no, if it's lurking in your heart, we need God to deal with it. If it's lurking, the thoughts He know my thoughts are far off. If it's a thought that is contrary, if it's a thought that will pull you out of communion with God, if it's a thought that will break up your family, if it's a thought that will hurt your children, if it's a thought that will hurt your body, let God deal with it. It's lurking. It's lurking, looking for an opportunity to give the enemy a foothold. The enemy constantly throwing these darts at us, seeing if we're going to, woo. Be tempted enough to go along with it. So you may be saying in your heart, oh, I'm not sinning, I'm good. But what's lurking in your heart? And those are the things we got to deal with because it's the things that are lurking that comes to the surface. And then once it comes to the surface, we're trying to hide it. And then we're trying to hide it some more. And we're trying to hide it some more. And before we know it, we done put somebody on the front line and told, hey, take them out. Because this is the only way I could deal with this problem. How many more people do we have to hurt before we confess we got an issue? How many people do we have to hurt and let down and disappoint before we admit we got a problem? It's time to let the spirit of the living God expose us to us. Show me, Lord, what's lurking in my heart. Cleanse me from these hidden faults because I don't want nothing separating me from you. I don't want to call on your name and you turn your ears away from me. Sin separates us from God, family. Sin separates us from God. And not because God left, because nor depths, nor height, nor principalities, nor powers, nothing past, nothing present can separate us from the love of God. He will always love us. 
But God does not be in the presence of sin. Sin will separate you. You will be disconnected. You will feel that disconnection. They will feel there will be no free flow in the spirit. You won't feel the, the spirit of God like you used to. You won't hear the voice of God like you used to. You won't have that connection like you used to. You can't read the word and get revelation like you used to. You won't pray like you used to. You won't worship like you used to. I'm telling you, there is a price to pay. Sin separates us. From the very thing that God has given us so freely. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God and he will give freely. Yet we're stuck and we can't focus and we can't concentrate. Sin, sin separates you from the free flow of the Holy Spirit. Sin separates you from revelation and wisdom. Sin, sin does that. So family, I pray, I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus that you hear this and you cry out, Lord, show me what's lurking in my heart. You cry out and confess, reject and renounce any sin that you may be in right now, knowing that God is faithful to forgive you. But we must first confess. We must first identify that I'm sinning against God and God alone. Father, this is contrary to you. Forgive me, oh God. Forgive me, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, forgive me for allowing this sin to muster in my heart. Therefore, it became, it became because I allowed it to. I let it sit in my mind. I meditated on it too long. I thought about it too long to the point where now it became an action. Father, forgive me. And that's why we got to let the Holy Spirit deal with what's lurking in our heart and stop it at the door. We cannot give the enemy any more footholds into our life because once again, it doesn't just affect us, but it affects every person that is connected to us. It hurts them. So we have to really repent. Confess our faults, confess our our sins before God, reject, renounce that we may find mercy, mercy in the eyes of God. I cry out for mercy as I ask the Lord to search my heart of anything hidden, anything lurking, anything trying to come up, that the spirit of God would cleanse me of my faults. We have to be careful. We have to be vigilant. We have to watch as well as pray. And we have to always, always look in the mirror and make sure that we are right before God, unspotted and unblemished. Because what is hidden will come to the light. God will expose it. God will expose it. And we must repent. We must repent. God is good. And I'm so grateful for this reminder, this refresher, this opportunity to sit with the Lord as he examined me freely to show me any and everything that might be hiding in me that can hurt my testimony, that can hurt my ministry, that won't give glory to God. Everything we do should be to glorify God. Is what you doing or lack thereof giving glory to God? Because if it is not, we must confess. We must reject. 
we must renounce. We must repent that we may find mercy because it's only the things we do for God that will last. So family, allow the Holy Spirit to rest upon you. Allow the Holy Spirit to examine you. Jesus, Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this day. We thank you that you're constantly tugging at our heart. We thank you that you're constantly trying to cause us to look more like Jesus and less like this world. Father, we repent even now for any hidden sin, any sin that we haven't confessed. Father, we just don't want to confess them. But Father, we reject and we renounce them in the name of Jesus. Father, help us, O oh God. Give us the strength to lay aside every heavy weight that besets us. Father, we thank you as your spirit is doing internal revenue to show us what's lurking in our heart. Father, we give you clearance, oh God, to examine. We say, show us us, Father, that we stand before you unspotted and unblemished, oh God, that it be nothing in us that would separate us from your word, from your voice, oh God, from the free flow of the Holy Spirit, oh God, from your sweet communion, Father, we want to stay close to you we want to abide in the vine oh god so father if there's anything in our life that's contrary any contrary wind oh god we repent in the name of jesus and father father have mercy son of david have mercy in the name of jesus show us oh god show us us in the mirror of your word oh god as we ask and cry out oh god oh lord we want to be right before you we want to be right before you oh god we want to be right Right before you, oh God. Oh God, leave no stone unturned, oh God. Anything in us, oh God. We ask that you, oh God, expose it in the name of Jesus. For, for Father, we don't want to be exposed in the public, oh God. Expose us to us now that we can check it. That we could repent of it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we repent of any door opened, oh God, to the enemy, oh God. Oh God, that will hurt our family, oh God. Any generational curses that we have, oh God, added onto our bloodline due to our sin and our rebellion, oh God, and our disobedience. We repent right now and ask that you close these doors to the enemy in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, let thy blood cover our homes and our families, oh God, from the crowns of our head to the soles of our feet. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ, oh God. Father, you are faithful, oh God. You are able to save each and every one of us, oh God. So we thank you this day. We thank you this hour for the word that came forth. We thank you for loving us so much, oh God, that you will leave the 99 and come after us, oh God. Whoever, oh God, this reaches, Father, we thank you for the turnaround in their life. Whoever received this word with gladness, Father, we thank you as you do a new work in their life. As you begin to heal, as you begin to show mercy in the name of Jesus, as they confess their sin before you, as they reject 
reject their sin before you, as they renounce their sin before you. Father, I thank you for the mercy. I thank you for the turnaround. I thank you, oh God, as you begin to show them what's lurking in their heart, that they will be, oh God, unblemished and unspotted before you in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your spirit that is moving even now, tugging at our hearts even now, stretching us even now, molding us even now. Put us in order, oh God, for you are a God of order. If it be anything out of order in our life, Father, we, oh God, surrender it to you that you could put it back in order. You said, if you acknowledge me, you will make our path straight. Make us straight tonight, oh God, as you examine our heart and show us the things, the hidden things that are lurking in our heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, we glorify you and pray. Amen. Family, I love you. May God bless you and keep you. And in two, I speak to you again. Have a blessed evening.